Back here on Sports Medicine Weekly on this Saturday morning. Net proceeds from our show, Sports Medicine Weekly, go to support orthopedic research at Rush through the liveactivenow.org fund. Our producer, board operator, Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger at Sports Medicine Weekly, Chicago's premier sports medicine program, coming your way each and every Saturday from 8 to 8.30, only on 670 The Score. We have a new blog at smwhome.net or the website sportsmedicineweekly.com. Time now for our Ask the Doctor segment. This is a chance for you, our listeners, to get involved in the show. And if you go to our website, sportsmedicineweekly.com, and go to our homepage, you'll see a picture on the right side of Dr. Cole and yours truly. Just click on the link underneath that picture when you see Ask the Doctor. Submit your question here, and we will answer your questions. I won't. I'm not a doc, but I've got one of the best ones in the world, Dr. Brian Cole, Midwest Orthopedics at Rush and the head team physician with the Chicago Bulls right alongside. Got some good questions this week, doc, for you. Here we go. Michael asking you this. I had surgery for a torn MCL. It does feel better, but some days I can barely walk. It's so painful. Any recommendations? This is Mike in Peru. So the MCL is the medial collateral ligament. Right. Now, you may have heard of that before uh, because that's the other name for the Tommy John problem in the elbow. But it, this is the one in the knee. Okay. okay. And interestingly, it's the probably one of the number one injuries for linemen in the NFL. Really? One of the number one soft tissue injuries where you miss time. And we call it an MCL sprain. And ironically, we had two of those uh, this season with, with the Bulls, right? Not, not common in basketball, but you see it in football. And um, basically, it's the ligament that stabilizes the knee on the inner side, and it prevents the tibia or the shin bone from going to the outside. So if you were to step down and put all your force on the great toe, the big toe, and push to the outside, that stretches the medial collateral ligament. The most common way it gets injured is when someone takes a direct blow to the outer side of the knee, and it stretches the ligament on the inside. Okay. And this is an interesting question, and I, I just wanted to comment. We've had so many great questions, Steve. Um, it's it's amazing how on a weekly basis we're getting a lot of questions, and so we'll do our best to get to each of your questions. It may not always be that that easy to do given the number of them, but we've had some great questions. And this is a good one because they rarely require surgery. Most medial collateral ligament or MCL injuries of the knee can get better within six to eight weeks, depending on the grade. We always grade these injuries as one, two, and three. One is a minor, two is sort of a moderate, and three is severe. A severe often requires prolonged bracing and rarely but sometimes requires surgery like this guy had, and it can be a longer recovery. So we try to brace these initially. Um, you can return back to sports as pain gets better and better, and ultimately after six to eight weeks, most of these medial collateral ligament injuries of the knee will resolve. If it requires surgery, it's a much more uncertain outcome, and not uncommonly some people will have occasional pain with activities like this gentleman. What does the surgery involve again? Well, if it's done acutely, meaning right when the injury has happened, then the ligament is actually repaired. If it's done chronically where the patient heals the acute injury but says my knee feels loose and it keeps giving way, yeah. we actually use an allograft. We use human donor collagen, collagen from a donor when we do these transplants, but we use the, a ligament and we reconstruct it using somebody else's collagen on the inside of the knee. Interesting. All right, good stuff. Our next one's from uh, Alessandro. Asking you this, what is the first test I have to do to analyze the condition of my knees? It's an interesting question, and I guess the first thing is what would drive someone to have their knees evaluated, and that's, look, I something happened, something changed. 
I have pain, swelling, loss of motion, painful clicking, not non-painful clicking, things of that nature. And frankly, the first test is from my world is just be a doctor. And to be a doctor, you do a history and a physical. And most times you don't have to do any testing beyond that to figure it out. So it's, hey, how did it start? Was there an injury or not? Uh, what are your symptoms? What makes it worse? What makes it better? And then a physical exam and you can kind of figure it out. That being said, depending on the nature of the condition that's being evaluated, the most common first test that's done before a history and a physical is an x-ray. And rarely is an MRI needed. You know, that's just something that is a supplement to help make the diagnosis. Patients are often really fixated. You know, you got to get my MRI, right. otherwise you haven't done your job. But the reality is I'd say 90% of the things that walk in my office, you do a history, do a physical, maybe an x-ray to confirm or help predict what's going to happen with treatment. Um, and that's all you need. And occasionally you need an MRI just to help prognosticate, to pick up things that you might not pick up by physical exam. You know, someone asked me the other day, difference between a CAT scan and an MRI. CAT scan basically is a fancy three-dimensional X-ray, so it looks at bone and a little bit of soft tissue, but does a great job in analyzing the bone in layers. Uh, an MRI does a great job looking at soft tissue, such as tendons, ligaments, cartilage and so forth, in addition to looking at the bones. The MRI is generally more comprehensive, but we use a CT scan, for example, to assess healing of bone after fractures or after surgery. That may be a common thing that we'll use it for. Dr. Cole, Steve Cashel with you. Here's the next question in our Ask the Doctor segment here on Sports Medicine Weekly. This is Robin Arlington Heights, uh, kind of similar to the last question, Doc. Now, picture this gentleman comes into your office, all right? He says, I get a sharp pain on the outer part of my knee whenever I bend it 90 degrees or put weight on it while bent while crawling into bed. No previous injuries. Has been going on for a month now. I'm also starting to feel occasional minor numbness in the shin. You know, those are, if I if someone came to me with those complaints, I would yeah. say those seem somewhat separate and distinct. It's hard, you know, again, you, these are tough by email because you don't know. Sometimes they be they can be connected, but certainly if someone is bending their knee, having pain on the outer side, and it's over the joint line, for example, that would be some concern for potentially a meniscus tear or a meniscus or cartilage issue on the outside of the knee. They typically get provoked with bending of the knee and loading it. So that could be uh, a situation of a cartilage problem. One could uh, know on their own if they started having swelling or locking and things like that that was painful. Those are also signs and symptoms of a potential meniscus tear in addition to pain in the outer side of the knee with bending. And sometimes it's what we've talked about in the past, which is runner's knee where the, it just hurts on the outer side of the knee because of the soft tissue. So if it's pain that impairs one's ability to do something and they want that pain to go away uh, and they can't push through it, then they should be evaluated properly by a physician. The numbness in the shin, that's a little bit of a, a distractor. I, there, there are a couple things that can cause pain in the outer side of the knee because there's a nerve that runs out there that could refer to the shin. Um, but that one has to be evaluated. You know, whenever there's a complaint of numbness that's of concern to a patient, you got to go upstream to downstream. You think about the back, go all the way down to the level of the knee. Um, but again, that's a tough one to make a diagnosis, uh, certainly uh, by email uh, and or uh, over the radio. Okay, I got the final one here from Don. This is a long one, but uh, please uh, hang with me here. Right, two years ago at age 58, I had neck therapy due to pain from longstanding poor neck posture. The PT mobilized the facet joints, and ever since I've had to live with some sort of permanent injury to those joints. I can now achieve better posture, but it wasn't worth it. I can live with the pain and discomfort, but it might get worse. Anyway, I'm trying to figure out if it can be treated. I believe the injury is just like whiplash. From what I've 
Red, the injury is likely tiny fractures and tears of the facet joint surfaces, articular cartilage, and will not show up on an MRI, etc. Dr. Cole, I gather there is nothing to do except maybe shut off the nerves involved. How do I proceed? Thank you. It sounds like he's done his research, right? Yeah, he's pretty knowledgeable. I mean, one of the, 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 the challenging things about the neck and the back is that it often ends up as a chronic or longstanding condition, and it can offer a lot of impairment for people. So uh, the mainstay of things like this, if it's a facet, which is a small joint in the neck or a disc or arthritis and so forth, is non-surgical treatment. And he mentioned his posture is better. Uh, those are some of the things that we do. Uh, there may be uh, certain physical therapy exercises that you can do on your own on an ongoing basis. And our physicians will sometimes, our pain management specialists or a physiatrist, will sometimes use uh, facet injections, specific steroid injections into those joints. So I would not assume that there's no treatment. Often what happens is a patient will come in with this complaint. They get physical therapy recommended. They don't really get better, but they don't go back to the physician because they feel like that's all they had to offer. So I think proper communication is really important with your doctor and say, look, what if I do this and it doesn't get better? What's next? Because you walk out of there, it's a big black hole. And um, this is a specific situation where all he did was physical therapy. His symptoms are still seemingly unacceptable to him. I'm not worried about him getting worse. It sounds like today is sort of bad enough for him. He might want to go back to a good neck specialist and say, what's next? And I'll tell you, oftentimes it's injections and epidural injections where we use steroids or facet injections under ultrasound where we go right into where the uh, facet is. And that can be extremely helpful. It rarely requires surgery. But I think this is one, if your problem is bad enough and you're looking for treatment, exhaust non-surgical treatment, that hasn't likely been done here, that would be the next step. Great stuff, Dr. Brian Cole. We're out of time. Many thanks to our producer, Shane Reardon. Our coordinating producer is Teresa Ann Seeger. Also want to thank David Cole for managing the website, our business operations as well. And then there's Samantha Smith from Midwest Orthopedics at Rush. For Dr. Brian Cole, I'm Steve Cashel saying so long, and thanks for listening to us on Sports Medicine Weekly here on 670 The Score. Up next on The Score, Early Odds, the great show with Joe Ostrowski. Talk with you again next week. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take care.